Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by one of the men of Moses Lake Baptist Church. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. And I'm excited to preach tonight from Psalm chapter 19. This is one of my, probably one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Uh, this chapter, uh, many, many of you might not even, some of you weren't even here. When I first moved here, this is one of the first chapters I came to when I preached. And I, I find it fitting that the Lord kind of continued to bring it to my mind uh, yesterday and even today. Uh, even this afternoon, I told Pastor what I was going to preach, and it's not this message. <laughs> uh, what I told Pastor I was going to preach tonight, the Lord changed my heart about it. And, uh, and just coming back to this, I see it so fitting. Uh, but back when I came to it, uh, even when I was first here, I looked at the fact that this chapter shows us really the three things that God wants to reveal his glory through and reveal himself through. You can see it in the first few verses, verses 1 through 6, that he wants to reveal himself through his creation. And, uh, and then you can see, which we're going to focus specifically on today, verses 7 through 11, that, uh, that he wants to reveal himself through his word. And then you look at the last few verses, and especially that last one that says, Let's the, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. God wants to reveal himself through his people, and uh, he wants to do that through us. And so I just love the pictures uh, that this chapter gives. But tonight, I really want to just focus on those verses 7 through 11, talking about God's word and really how it is so needful. And it is so valuable uh, in our life. And so uh, let's start, be, begin reading there in verse 7. And uh, let's, let's go ahead and stand if you're willing and able. Let's stand for the reading of God's word and just read these few verses uh, before we get into the message. Psalm 19, verse 7, the Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward." Let's go to our God in prayer before we dive into the message tonight. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for another opportunity that we have uh, to hear from you, uh, Lord, to be able to just seek your face and, and ask you to speak to us. God, we pray that you do just that, uh, that you'd give us something through this message uh, that we can apply to our hearts, Lord, that we can apply uh, to our daily walk with you, even uh, as we wake up uh, tomorrow morning. And God, we pray that you would just help us tonight to stay focused and, and pay attention to what you have for us. And uh, we pray that you'd be honored and glorified with all that is said in this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. Uh, if you look at this passage, as those few verses we read, it's specifically uh, talking about God's word. And many of the word, words there, the law of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the judgments, the commandments, even the fear, it's all referenced to uh, God's holy word, the scriptures. Uh, I think specifically even in Psalm 119, uh, the, those words are used to reference scripture uh, over 170 times uh, in Psalm 119. Uh, and so we see it all throughout the Psalms, really, that these words are pointing to scripture. And uh, I was having a conversation with someone uh, not too long ago about reading God's word and getting into it. And, and uh, what was said was, 
uh, something to the extent of, well, it's hard to get into God's word because it's kind of boring, is what was said to me. And the first thought I, I thought was, what are you talking about? There is no other book uh, that I know on this earth where you can read about a man who was so fat that a dagger getting plunged into him was enveloped by the fat and killed him. I don't think you can read that anywhere else. I don't think you can read about some guys walking around a wall for a few days and then screaming and blowing trumpets and the walls of a city coming down. I don't think you can read that anywhere else. I don't think that you can go and find uh, another battle where 300 men just kind of w or surrounded a city and uh, had these lanterns that they, that they broke open and then the light shone and they yelled out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and all of a sudden everyone inside the camp enemy camp thinks we're surrounded we're dead, might as well just kill each other. And so they all just start killing each other and the victory is won that way. I don't see you being, at, one of the craziest stories that I find in the Bible is in, I believe it's 1 Kings chapter 13, uh, when an unnamed man of God comes up and he says, uh, he doesn't even speak to the king who's burning incense on the altar, he speaks to the altar. He says, oh, altar, altar, and starts talking to it and, and it ends up breaking in two what he prophesies is going to take place. It breaks in two, ashes come out, the king says, seize him, and then his hand withers and then after he does that, uh, the, the guy's like, uh, pray to God that my hand will come back. And the man of God prays and the hand comes back. And then he says, all right, stay for dinner. And the man of God's like, nope, God told me I, I got to come. I got to say what I'm supposed to say. And I got to go the opposite way. Can't even come the way that I came. I got to go the opposite way. And so he's on his way. And then an, another man hears about the story and ends up calling him back to his house and deceiving the man of God, saying, no, I'm a prophet also, and God said, you're supposed to come to my house. And instead of acquiring of the Lord, the man of God goes, oh, okay, and shows up at the house. And in the middle of eating, the guy just roasts him right there. He's like, you're disobedient. You're, you're not obeying the word of the Lord, and because of it, you're going to die today. You're not even going to be able to bury, be buried where your fathers are. And then he's like, whoa, that was intense, is really what he comes down to it, and kind of gets on his donkey and heads out. And then a lion kills him on the side of the road, and his lion and his donkey are just staring at, at each other. And the lion's not hungry enough to eat the donkey, and the donkey's not scared enough of the lion to run away next to this dead carcass of this unnamed man of God. I mean, I'm telling you, the Bible's not boring, okay? There's just, there's just all kinds of stories. I mean, we could, I could sit here and, and speak for the next 40 minutes on just non-boring stories from God's word that you could look to. Uh, it's not boring. But not only is it not boring, I see in God's word all throughout it, but specifically in our verses tonight, that God's word is very needful. Uh, it's not just uh, an interesting book. Uh, it is needful. It is valuable for our daily lives. And I want to illustrate this for us as we go through verse 7 uh, through verse 11. And each line uh, really has an, an awesome picture of what God's word does in our very lives. And so uh, let's look at the first one. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Now, to illustrate this, uh, I have to go all the way back to my junior high years when I played golf, all right? Pastor sometimes talks about how I'm, I'm pretty decent at golf, but I, I wasn't always. <laughs> I, I played in junior high uh, is where I started playing golf. And, uh, and anyways, we had this coach who he, he was on the PGA Tour. He, he was like, hey, I was on the PGA Tour, and I have the perfect golf swing. Come to find later, he's on the PGA Tour for three days. But, uh, but he said, I'm on the PGA Tour, and I have this perfect golf swing. And so uh, we saw his swing as the perfect golf swing. And, and that entire time, 
that I was learning, uh, I, my golf swing started to change. I'm, I'm kind of messed up if you haven't learned in the past five and a half years, but especially when it comes to, uh, I don't know which hand I was supposed to be, left-handed or right-handed. Uh, I, I throw left-handed, uh, I throw a, a ball. If I'm throwing anything uh, a ball-like, it comes out of my left hand, but I throw a Frisbee right-handed. It just feels more comfortable. Uh, I, I mean, I, I cannot drink a, a any drink from my right hand. It just feels awkward. So anytime I'm drinking something, it's from my left hand, but I can't eat with my left hand. That just feels weird. I got to eat with my right hand, which kind of works while I'm, you know, eating because I'm eating and then I'm drinking or whatever. But uh, but it just feels weird. The, the most weird one, though, is I bat left-handed in baseball, but I swing a golf club right-handed, which is kind of good because your bat swing and your golf swing should be nothing alike. Uh, but uh, when I first started, I say all of that to say, when I first started golf uh, in junior high, I was holding a right-handed club like a left-hander would. I had my left hand in front of my right hand. And so every time I swung, I, I mean, my entire body, I don't, even, I, I don't even think I could imitate what I was doing uh, to hit a ball uh, because my arms weren't in the right position. And, and really, no one taught me that I was supposed to switch my hands. What happened was my coach said, hey, I was on the PGA Tour, and I have the perfect golf swing. And I was like, whoa, perfect golf swing. I'm watching that. And I saw, hey, wait, his, he doesn't have his left hand in front of his right hand. And so I changed. And that was the only thing that changed throughout the year. All of us, as we saw the perfect standard of a golf swing, naturally, our golf swing started to change. I think of really any sports, and when someone's training to the NBA who has the perfect shot, and, and as they watch and they train, uh, each and every day as they look to that perfect shot, naturally their shot begins to change. Uh, it begins to become more like what they see as the perfect shot. All of that to say this, in our spiritual lives, the, the law of the Lord, God's word, uh, is the perfect standard by which our spiritual soul should live. Uh, it is the perfect standard. Everything that we know to do and, and, and know to say, any of that, uh, is found in God's word. And, and because of that, it's naturally going to change us uh, if we're exposed to it enough. Uh, if I would have just kind of seen the golf swing and would have said, oh, cool, he has a perfect golf swing and never was exposed to that golf swing again, it's not going to do much for me. Uh, if we're not exposed to God's word enough, uh, then this perfect standard isn't going to be able to change us. But if we are exposed to it, it will naturally change us. Why? Because it's the perfect standard by which our soul should live. And so it's naturally going to change us. Look at the second one and says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. When I think of a testimony, uh, I think of maybe like in a court of law and an eyewitness testimony. I think of, uh, you know, any case that has an eyewitness, it immediately has more weight to it uh, than, than one that does not have an eyewitness. Why? Well, because someone was like there and saw the guy uh, do whatever crime it was. If, it's one thing to say, hey, that person stole from the store, uh, but for someone to say, I saw that guy take this specific item from the store and leave, okay, immediately the case has more weight to it. Why? Because there's a sure testimony uh, behind the case. And uh, 
And because of that, it opens, I think, of in the court system, a juror or a judge's eyes to things they might not have previously seen in the case because they had a sure testimony to it. My dad, when I was growing up, many times when I would ask to do things, he would give me the good parental answer of no. That's a good parental answer, just no to everything, right? But no, I'm just teasing. But um, but the, he would also follow it up many times with that other parental answer of because I said so when I asked why. But that wasn't always the case. My dad, and I appreciated this about him, is sometimes uh, he would say, well, Micah, I don't want you to do that because I did that when I was a kid. And uh, this is where it led. And this is what we ended up doing because we started doing that. And, and he really just shared his testimony with me about where he had gone and because of his testimony, my eyes were opened, uh, my mind was open to some things that I wouldn't have previously seen uh, if I had not heard that testimony. Uh, well, I, I think of the testimony of God's word, uh, it is completely and 100% sure. Uh, there, there's nothing that we have to worry about God's word, possibly not telling us something uh, that, that we need to know. Uh, it is completely and utterly sure. And, and really, you think of testimony, how do we know that we were created and, and we didn't evolve like the world tries to tell us? Well, uh, because we have the testimony of kind of like the guy who was there, God. And he told us that he created the earth. He, it's a t sure testimony. I think of the Gospels and how do we know the things that were said about Jesus are true? Well, uh, specifically even J Matthew and John, uh, they were eyewitness testimony to these things. Uh, we know it's sure. And the entire Bible we know is inspired by God himself. God's the sole author of the Bible. Of course, he uh, used many penmen. But, uh, but God has always been is and always will be. And so he has witnessed every single thing that we see in God's word. It's a sure testimony. And because of that, when we're exposed to God's word, it's going to open our minds to some things that we might not have previously known uh, about God or about our own selves sometimes. Man, I didn't, I didn't even know that I was, what I was thinking about that was wrong. But now I see it in God's word, and it's showing me, it's shedding a light on the fact uh, that, that my simple mind wasn't quite uh, open to beforehand. So God's word, the testimony, it's sure, and it, and it opens our minds. It makes us wise. The third one, he says, is the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Um, I guess I could illustrate this one by saying this. I hate when people give me the wrong directions, all right? It gives me, it frustrates me to no end, especially, let's say, someone gives me wrong directions to their house, like they should know where they live, right? Why are they giving me wrong directions to their house? Uh, I, I am not rejoiced within my heart uh, when I get wrong directions. Uh, I think of, as Baptists, we like to eat, okay? If someone says we're eating at noon and they start eating at 11.30, no, I'm not happy. That means all the good food's gone by the time I get there at noon, okay? When we're, really, those are silly illustrations, but when we're told something that's wrong or false, it doesn't make us happy, right? We're not like, oh, man, I'm so glad you lied to me. Uh, we're not like, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that you told me something that wasn't true. No, uh, it doesn't uh, rejoice our heart. It does the opposite. It frustrates our heart. Uh, and yet God's word, we can know uh, it, it's the direction book for our life. Uh, it's going to give us directions, but they are 100% always going to be the right directions. Uh, we, know, we can know that any way that God's word leads us to take, uh, it is the right directions, and we don't have to... Uh, 
uh, worry about, uh, well, is it going to take me where I need to go? Do, do I really need to do that? Uh, does God, we don't have to worry about that uh, because God's word is completely right. It's, his statutes are right, and it, it can rejoice our hearts uh, because we know uh, we can have peace in our hearts. We know we're going the right direction uh, because it, God's word tells us. And then it says, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Uh, that word pure, if you were to look uh, back at it, it's, it's not just uh, some word. It's specifically alluding to like a light source, uh, a pure light. And so when I think of this word and, and really what God's word does for us in this way, I think of this uh, in the internship that I did when I was up here in Washington. When I was up here, uh, we, I was at a different church every single week. It was after my junior year at college and I remember uh, we, were in, we ended up in a small town on the west side called Napa Vine. And, uh, man, some of those weeks we, we were just worked to the ground because we're interns. They can tell us to do anything, right? And so uh, that week I remember we were rusting or we were taking rust off of stairwell uh, rails and things like that. And, with, and it, that took a while. We, were, we had to paint cedar. And if you know anything about cedar, it just soaks things. And so, uh, but the cedar was donated to the church, and so we're painting it. And after, like, I think it was 10 coats later, it finally wasn't soaking anymore. And so we were just, we were just constantly doing hard labor. And it came to the end of the week, and the pastor came up to me and the other intern, and he said, all right, today's going to be a fun day. We're just going to do something fun. And so he took us up to uh, what's called the Ape Caves, and it's up on Mount St. Helens. If you go up there, you can explore these caves uh, called the Ape Caves. And uh, I've been to caves before. I've been to caverns like I think the Mammoth Caves over in Kentucky and things like that. I've been to uh, those types of things. And every time I went to them, it was like you walk in and everything's lit up for you. They have lights. And uh, one I went in, they had like a, a movie presentation inside the cave. And they had these tour guides that tell you like these are stalactites and these are stalagmites and all of that fun stuff. Uh, and really the only reason we went into the caves was to see bats, right? We didn't need to know any of that other stuff. But, uh, but this cave was not like that this cave we get up there and we get to this empty parking lot and the first thing we thought was pastor jason did you bring us up to up here to kill us because there's no one else up in the middle of nowhere there's no cell service like what's happening but we get up to these caves and uh, we get up this hill and he hands us flashlights and there's just this hole in the ground and uh and the hole in the ground says ape caves and it has an arrow pointing down and it didn't say this but it might as well said good luck on the sign because it was one of the uh, a cave where you go in and you need a flashlight and you just better hope your flashlight doesn't go out because you got to get to the other side uh, or turn around and you're crawling up into small spaces and going over uh, uh, frozen what used to be lava back when uh, Mount St. Helens erupted. So you're over going over all of this and Anyways, through the, through the cave, we have this flashlight, this artificial light uh, that, we were, that we were shining. Uh, but really, I didn't get to enjoy the cave uh, most of the time because all I could do with that flashlight is shine it in front of my feet to make sure that I wasn't going to trip up over any stalagmites, all right? So make sure that I wasn't going to fall over anything that we were walking for. And as we were going through the cave, uh, I, I really didn't get to see what the cave looked like until we got to this spot where they, uh, they call it a skylight. And it's just a big hole in the top of the cave uh, where, where the sun shines down off of the snow and reflects into the cave. And, and it's a pure light source from the sun. And so all of a sudden, for a good portion of the cave, uh, I could see not just where I was walking, but I could also see the beauty 
of the cave in its entirety. And I loved it, and, and it was cool because the, the Lord kind of uh, brought to mind in Psalm 119 where the, the Bible tells us that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. And it doesn't just show us uh, one little area that we uh, watch so that we don't trip over the sins and temptations that might come up in our life, but it, it's, a, it's a light into our path. We can, we can enjoy the beauty of the Christian life as we walk through it and enjoy the view as we walk with the Lord uh, because he's lighting our path, uh, lighting our, our uh, walk and our path. And it's just a beautiful thing uh, as that was pictured to me. And so when, what I see here when it says the the... Uh, the commandments of the Lord uh, are pure. It's talking about that pure light source, and it says it enlightens your eyes, uh, opens your eyes. When I was in that cave, uh, when that pure light source came through, it opened my eyes to so much more uh, than just where I was walking. And when we were exposed to God's word, man, it will open our eyes to so much more than just what not to do and, and how not to sin. It will, it will enlighten us as we go through it. It says, the, then the fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. Now, that's not hard to illustrate. The cleaner you keep something, the longer it lasts, right? Uh, think of car engines. If you keep it clean, uh, it, it'll last longer. If anyone still uses them, CDs and DVDs, everything's like digital now. But the cleaner you keep them, uh, the longer they last, right? I think of people, okay? The cleaner we are, usually the longer we last. There's not, there's not bacteria and all of this th stuff that can uh, come in and, 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 uh, and make us ill or anything like that. Uh, the cleaner something is, the longer it lasts, all right? And so we see uh, God's word, what it tells us here with this word clean is it's like a perpetual cleanliness. It, it will never have filth uh, or dirtiness to it. God's word will not. And because of that, it will endure forever. The Bible tells us his words settle forever in heaven and he's promised to preserve it. And so we don't have to worry about God's word going anywhere. Why? Because it's completely and utterly clean. And then he says, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous, all together, that word all together, all, encompass, uh, all encompassing of the word of God, they are 100% true and righteous. Uh, we don't have to worry about any uh, false statement within God's word. It is 100% true. We don't have to uh, worry about God's word leading us on any path of unrighteousness because every word in it is completely and utterly righteous. It is 100% true and righteous. And then I see in verse 11, uh, we're warned by God's word. It says, moreover, by them is thy servant warned. Have you ever started reading God's word or maybe heard it preached or taught, and all of a sudden uh, you, you hear something that is warning you of a specific sin in your life? Uh, it, or maybe it's proclaimed like, hey, you need to watch out for this. And it tells, uh, it, I think of all the times that the Bible tells us, watch thou for blah, 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 and goes on. Uh, we, it tells us and, and opens our eyes to, uh, <clears throat> to things that we should be warned about. It, it helps us to walk with him in that way. And then it says, and in keeping of them, there is great reward. Uh, I love that verse because, uh, or that part of the verse, because every single verse that I can think of in my mind that tells us about keeping or doing God's word, uh, it goes along with it that the Lord desires to bless those who do so. Uh, I think of this verse, it says, keeping of them, there is great reward. Joshua 1a, where it says uh, that thou mayest do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. God desires to bless those who obey his word. James 1, uh, verses 23 
through 25, do, being doers of the word. And at the end, it says uh, that those who are doers and not forgetful hearers, uh, they are blessed in their deed. Uh, just all throughout scripture, it shows that God desires to bless those who are going to keep and obey his word. I think it's pretty obvious uh, by breaking down some things that God's word does for us, it is needful. Uh, it is valuable. If it does all of that for us, man, how do we not expose ourselves to it more? And that's really what I think the psalmist David is trying to get at with verse 10 because he says, more to be desired are they, God's words, okay, the, the word of God, uh, more to be desired are they than gold. Sweeter, uh, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. In this time, gold would have been the richest value of that day. And, and honeycomb, uh, honey, especially off the honeycomb, would have been the sweetest value of that day. Really what David's coming at is this. God's word should be desired in our lives more than the richest and the sweetest values of this life. Uh, we should consistently be desiring God's word. And, and I think of how Peter says, it. he says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Uh, that, that verse is telling us, man, you need to desire God's word because it is so needful. It is so valuable for your life. I think I've shared this specific illustration before, but uh, the most real that this has ever been in my life was uh, on an internship that I did in the South where, where we were traveling a lot. And uh, we, were, we were on a team where we were doing vacation Bible schools and we were running a camp the entire summer and we were, uh, we were uh, singing at churches almost every weekend. We were preaching, we were doing youth rallies and all of this was taking place. And, and uh, it got busy enough that we, you know, down in the South, you got to worry about alligators. So we even had at the camp, we had night watch. So from midnight to three, someone was watching, making sure alligators didn't get into the dorm. And then from three to six, another rotation was coming through, making sure alligators didn't come in. Uh, and, and of course, making sure that guys and girls didn't mingle in the dorms, but mostly alligators down in the South. And so anyways, just busy, lots of things that we had to do. And uh, I remember specifically, it came to a point where I, I was just so inundated with everything we had to do that uh, when, you, when you get busy, you kind of start to cut out the things you don't see as needful. And, uh, and at the time, I was like, well, I don't need to read my Bible every single day because like, I'm around it all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm at church camp literally the entire summer uh, hearing it uh, preached to me. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching at vacation Bible schools. I mean, come on, that, how, how much more do I need uh, to be in God's word? And so I, I, I didn't see that as one of the things that was needful for me, and I, I took it out of my rotation through, uh, for a time, and, and man, was I wrong about needing God's word. Uh, one of the first things that happened was I started to get irritable, and, uh, and my wife could tell you, she knows if I've been in the Word in the morning or not, uh, because that's the first thing that happens. When I'm not close to the Lord and walking with Him, I, mean, I get irritable very quickly. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened on this internship. I was, I was getting irritable. I, I was you know, going off at the, the smallest details and things that took place. And uh, I remember the team that I was traveling with, they just really, they didn't care to be around me. I could tell uh, just because of my attitude. And, and, and all this time, I, I, I wasn't paying attention as much as I was during the pre as I was previously during the preaching that was taking place. I just found myself all around spiritually depraved. I just couldn't uh, figure it out, though. I, sh I probably should have figured it out sooner than I did, but just couldn't figure out, you know, why do I have no spiritual energy right now? And uh, it came to a very, very busy day where we had to be 
in Florida on a Saturday and then go over all the way to Alabama uh, in, uh, on Sunday morning and then another town in Alabama on Sunday night and then all the way back over uh, to Georgia for for uh, camp that next day, 10, 10 o'clock was going to be there before we knew it, and there were going to be around 400 campers there, and so we had to be ready. And uh, so we're on our way back to the camp when our, our sponsor, uh, the one who's traveling with us all summer, uh, told us, man, I forgot to put gas in the vehicle, guys. And we were like, what? That's like the number one thing about driving long trips. You make sure you have gas, right? And, of course, I'm already irritable, and so I'm ticked off. And he says, we're going to have to, we're gonna have to uh, uh, figure out how to find a gas station. And so we're driving, uh, trying to find a gas station in the middle of nowhere, no cell reception, hills of, of Alabama and Georgia. And uh, all of a sudden, we get to a spot where he says, guys, I think we're out of gas. And it happened to be like as we're going up a hill. All right, so he had to turn on the e-brake so that we didn't roll all the way back. And uh, anyways, we get out, and he tells us we got to push the van. And so we're pushing this van over the hill. All, our entire team is pushing it as he's in the driver's seat. And as we're going over, I mean, I'm just, I'm like this, I'm like spitting fire mad, okay, at this point. I, how can you forget gas in a vehicle? And, and anyways, I, I could tell, I, I, I could kind of tell that my team at this point especially didn't want to be with me because now that I remember it, I was pushing the si- driver's side and there was a good two feet before anyone else was next to me pushing the van. But we were pushing it over and and as we get to the top of the hill, uh, we let it uh, start to fall down as our, our driver was, uh, you know, putting the brake on and, and, and putting it down the hill. And there's a gas station at the end. But I'm watching this van go down. And, and as I was doing so, I really can't tell you all of how the Lord started to correlate all of these things. But in my head... Uh, as I'm, I'm yelling to myself, really, like, how am I to this point? How can I, how, how, why am I getting so mad easily? And all of this is taking place. And I'm watching that van go down. And uh, God correlated in my mind that, man, my Bible reading for my own Christian life uh, is just like fuel for a vehicle. And really, the only way that you can run on empty is if you're going downhill. And that's what, <laughs> man, it, it was like, whoa, why, why have I been going downhill spiritually? I didn't have any fuel. I didn't have the, the spiritual fuel that we needed to make sure that we were, uh, that we were or that I was uh, getting over the temptations and the trials that were coming in life. Man, we, look, we see trials and temptations as kind of like humps that we got to get over. Well, if we don't have the fuel to get over them, uh, we're just going to be stuck there at the bottom of the hill and not being able to get past. We need that uh, energy and we need that, that spiritual fuel uh, from God. Because it is so important in our lives, uh, I, I've just this past, these past five and a half years. I, I believe this is why that the Lord's brought this uh, message back to my mind. Uh, these past five and a half years, I, I can honestly say uh, that every time that I didn't uh, I didn't implement God's word in my life uh, in a daily way, uh, were the times where where work, where ministry, where marriage were the hardest. When I didn't have God's word in my life each and every day, that was when things were the hardest. Uh, man, every single time uh, that, that there was a conflict in my marriage or, or there was conflict between me and pastor, <laughs> or, uh, really anything, uh, I could almost always mark it down to, man, I didn't read my Bible that day or I had missed maybe two days in my Bible and God was showing me, you can't do this by yourself. You need me each and every day. And I hope that each and every one of us would see 
God's word as so needful and so valuable because of what it can do in our lives. And we should desire it. Uh, We should have a desire for it more so than any other thing on this earth. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.